Well, happy Father's Day to all of you, all you men. God bless you. I would like to say to the fathers, when Adam was there, when Satan tempted Eve, but he didn't say anything. He didn't protect her. Fathers are supposed to protect their wives and the children. That's one of their responsibility. Adam did not do that. But when Abraham comes along and God said about Abraham, he said he will tell his children about me. It's the father's responsibility in the home to be the one that tells the children about God. We'd like to thank all the women through the years that has raised such glorious children without a father in the home. You'll be commended for what you've done on that. So through the generations, I watched something the other day about the fathers, this large man. He was a professional. I believe he had five boys. He said, I still wrestle with them to show them that I'm still the man of the house. And I thought that was pretty good, you know. I mean, they get to the point where he couldn't show them, but anyhow. But Jacob's name was changed to a prince with God. Before he died, he laid his hands on all of his children and blessed them. Fathers should be laying their hands on their children and blessing them. And I'll come again in a minute. They may not be in your home now, but you can still send blessings through the airway to them. Now, I'm not talking about a text message. I'm talking about talking to God for them. So Joseph, and I would say something else about Joseph. His brothers were jealous of him. And they tore his coat of many colors away from him and covered it with blood. Because the color of many colors, the coat represented favoritism. I want you to know they did not rip the favor from God. Regardless of what you go through and how the world may treat you, Joseph still had favor with God. Even in the pit, he had favor with God. Even in the prisons, he had favor with God. Your favor does not come from a man, but it comes from God. And that's where you get your favors from God. So, and Jesus laid his hands on the children and blessed them. So these are good examples. If you notice the Lord's Prayer, when he's teaching the Lord's Prayer, he did not say, my Father in heaven. He said, our Father. Regardless of who you are, you have a heavenly Father. And he is to show us how to live our lives and to be the Father that we should be, grandfather and a great-grandfather. But I'd like to turn your thoughts this morning to Second Peter 1 and 4. Second Peter 1 and 4. If you wouldn't turn there, please. Second Peter 1 and 4. Give you a chance to get there. Whereby are given to us 
exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. We're going to title this this morning, Exceeding Great and Precious Promises. The Jews lost out on them because they did not expect Jesus as the Messiah. And so he turned to the Gentiles, and Peter's is writing this. I want to remind you that you serve a God that is not a normal human being. He's supernatural God. And he offers supernatural blessings. Don't expect just normal blessings from God. Expect supernatural blessings from God. Here it says, exceedingly great and precious promises. Whereby are given to us. You ought to say given to me. Don't settle for any ordinary thing with God. Because he has more to give than what we're able to receive. Jesus said, I have so much to give you. I have so much to share with you, but you're not able to receive it yet. That's why this importance of the Holy Ghost in our lives. We cannot understand the wonderful blessings that God has for us without the power of the Holy Ghost working in our lives. We are so blessed to know the Lord and have fellowship with him. Every day of our lives, we have such wonderful fellowship with him. And if you're not having wonderful fellowship with him every day, you're missing out on a glorious experience with God. Because he's with you every breath you take. He's there with you. We're far given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Spiritual benefits we are to receive. We have natural talent. But yet there's a supernatural God that gives supernatural blessings. Supernatural beyond what the human mind can even imagine. The wonderful things that God has and how he's blessing us. And said, by God of his glorious power, he freely gives us exceedingly great and valuable promises. He freely gives. He's not no stingy God. I'm a sort of, I don't know where I'm stingy or a tight wife, one or the other. I guess it's a lot the way I was raised. But I want to be liberal and be freely given to God. But God gives you supernatural gifts. And I would encourage every Christian to pray for a supernatural gift from God. Don't be like some people says, if he wants me to have it, he'll give me it. That, that's not biblical. That's not the word of God. If you want something from God and he reveals it to you, you're going to have to go after it. And I'll cover that again in a minute. It's just not going to drift in. One of the things we miss from getting things from the kingdom of God, as I mentioned something someone the other day, it's not the big things that we do is hindering us. It's the little bitty things that we don't do. It's the little things that keeps us from getting from what God wants us to have, and he wants us to have them abundantly. God has promised to be our protector. You ought to say hallelujah. We don't realize what God keeps us from every day. Not only he promised you to be your protector, he's promised to be your supporter. 
Well, I just can't do that. You ought to say, my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. One of the greatest needs we may have is to overcome something. Some things are difficult and hard to overcome, but God gives you the power to overcome it. Sometimes you have to wrestle with it, but you will overcome it. He's promised that, and not only that, most of all, he's promised to save you, deliver you from the powers of the darkness of this world, exceeding great and blessing. That these exceeding great precious promises we are able to be partakers of the divine nature of God. That's why Moses cried out, I want to know you, glory. I want to see your glory. Paul said, I want to, it, this strain that a man would write, I, I want to know him in the power of the resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. A man had been received up in the third heaven, Brother James, and seen things he was forbidden to write. A man had spent three years by himself in the wilderness just to know and find out God. But there was a yearning. How many of you ought to have a yearning in your heart to know more about God? Because he has more to give than what we can imagine what he can give. He's a creator. When you realize where you come from, from dust, and what Jesus said, did not your Father create what's in you? He created what's outside you. He created his body, but he's created a spirit with inside you also that where you can have fellowship with him. I'm sort of stirring my heart this morning after an experience I had this morning. I mentioned the Sunday school class. It's just really listening to that man about 30 minutes and it just broke my heart just to think about things, what he was talking about. The Bible teaches us that we should not come behind in no gifts. It's not God's plan for us to come behind in no gifts. It's his plan for us to excel in spiritual gifts, in spiritual things of God. We are a spiritual human being with just a fleshly body. You may value your flesh more than you do God and the presence of God in you, but I guarantee you this flesh, when you get my age, you'll start knowing, and I know when you start getting 50, you're going to start losing your strength. My dad said, I never knew that I'd lost, started losing my strength until I got 50. But this old body is going to deteriorate. But what's on the inside should never deteriorate from the day you get it. It should increase, grow stronger, better, and longing more for the presence of God. Because you know, one day, if brother, now I was talking out in the hall there a while ago, regardless of what's going on in this world, there's a judgment day of coming. There's a day of coming when everybody's going to give an account for what they're doing because I want a good record. How many want a good record? If you're going to have a good record, you've got to do good down here. Do the things that God calls us to do. He wants you to, the Bible said, He wants you to excel in all things. Excel in all things. Jesus is Lord of all. He has all power in heaven and earth. And He wants to give you what He has. And He wants you to give Him what you have. Only thing that you have that he wants is your sin, that he can take it away and put his life in your life. That it'll change your life completely. How many has been changed, been newborn when Christ comes in? He makes a new creature out of you. By these, let me read that again, whereby you are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature of God. He is holy, 
He wants you to be holy. Without holiness, no man will never see God. You'll not see the full operation of God in our lives here without being holy. The Bible said, be you holy because God is holy. The devil said no, and the flesh says you can't do it, and the world says you can't do it. They're all of a liar. And God's words are true. Because when he puts his life in you, he makes you holy. He makes you holy. That's when you become like God. Second Peter 1 and 7 says, Unto you therefore which believe. How many believes? I know a lot of people say, I believe, but I tell you, when we believe, we'll be a partakers of the full presence of God and all the fullness that He has. He said, by these you might be partakers of the full nature of God. It is God's plan for us to have all of His fullness. That's His plan for all of us to have all of His fullness. Literally, that through the promises and through their fulfillment, you may become a partaker of the, all the things that God has for us here. Luke eleven forty, as we mentioned a while ago, that Jesus said, He that made us is without, but he also made the man on inside of you. He's the creator of all things. God, by his own power, how many know that God has no limits? He knows no limits. The world may disown you, but your mother and your dad will never disown you, and neither will God. If your mother and dad disowns you, God will never disown you because you are a part of him, and he's a part of you. To receive these special, great, precious promises. The objective of all God's promises is to bring fallen man that Adam done to us back into full relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. You know, the devil, he's an alien. He has no rights here. He's not a citizen of this. That's why Jesus had to be born of a virgin. He had become a citizen. And he had to become filled with the Holy Spirit where he could take back what the devil has. I love that song, but I tell you, it's more than about a song. Went into the enemy's camp. I took back what he stole from me. Jesus Christ went into the enemy's camp. He took back what Adam had lost. And he brought it back and he gave it to us. That's why we're so blessed. I believe in prayer. I believe the church is falling short of prayer. But I believe that there's something greater than that. I'll share later in another sermon. Jesus Christ maketh intercessory prayer for us. You ought to shout hallelujah. When you're not praying, he's praying for you. And not only is he praying for you, he's praying with you. And not only that, he's praying in you when you don't feel like praying. Because he's come to make intercession. He's already tasted death and knows how it feels. That's why he can pray for us and make intercession for us when we're not praying. Oh, church, we ever realize what wonderful thing that he is doing every day. He's not up there having no party. You read your Bible. You read the book of Revelation. He's not up there having no party. He's not up there like a lot of people imagine what heaven's going to be like. It may change when we get there, but he's right now he's making intercessory prayer because he knows we're dust. 
He knows how easy for us to fail and come short of the glory of God. Romans 8 and 23, I believe it is. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God has washed away your sins in his Jesus Christ's blood. Hallelujah. Praise God. Faith is a gift. It's a gift from God. Hebrews said Jesus is the author of faith and the finisher of faith. So when you get saved, you get saved in kindergarten. You're in kindergarten. Your faith is in kindergarten. But then you keep going up, you keep going up, and that's the way faith is supposed to be. You're not supposed to have the same faith the day you got saved. There's something different ought to be happening. He's the author of faith. He's the giver of faith, but he's the promoter of faith. He brings faith to his fullness power in our lives as we walk with him. Amen? Praise God. You ought to pray for faith to increase. The Bible teaches that. You should be praying for faith to increase. If you're in this natural world, you're praying for natural things to increase. Is that right? How much more so should we pray for our faith to increase in God and the wonderful blessings of God? Second Peter 1 and 8 says this. Let me just, um, somebody said I was going to have to get me a larger Bible, so I guess I will, larger letter. And I'm going to read verse 5 and 7. If you're still there, you might want to read it. But besides this, giving all diligently, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge. Add to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness charity. If these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many dislike the word if? Don't you wish that wasn't even in there? What is Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 starts out with? If. If you do this, I will do that. If you do this, I will do what you say. If you do this, I will answer your prayers. If. If. Oh, thank God. The wonderful blessings of God. Lord, increase our faith. Could you pray that? Start praying that. Lord, increase our faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But God wants us to be able to please Him. For faith is precious. It gets these exceedingly precious promises. Sight is precious. They asked, um, their name just uh, Helen Keller, what's more horrible to being blind? And she said, having eyes that don't never see. Huh? There's a spiritual blindness. There's a scale that comes over people's eyes spiritually. They're spiritually blind to what God has for their lives. We're not supposed to be in this life just drifting along, just drifting along. We got something to do while we're here. Faith sees things before it ever happens. Thank you. An architect sees the drawings in here. 
before he puts it on paper or she. When I first went to work for the highway department out of the Navy in 1959, up there where St. Michael Hospital is now and all that up there was nothing but a wilderness. That's all it was. It was a wilderness. When Harler was little, she went up to Texas with Peggy one day. She said, look, Mama Peg said they're building us a city just for us. Hmm? How many knows where we get our interstate from? Ike Eisenhower from World War II. He brought that back. It was in his mind. You got to see your miracle before you receive your miracle. You got to see and expect before you get it. That's why you must pray to have faith and see in the Word of God. Brother Nick was, told me Wednesday night after Sunday school class, I mean after school, about the, looking in the Word of God. And, and the King James says glass. He said, I want you to look here. He said, I don't know how many times I just read this over and over, over and over as the class was going on. I'm looking into a mirror, which is the Word of God, which is reflecting back into me what I need to be. That's what the Word of God, it reflects you in your life, what you need to be. And don't go away when God reflects something in your life, what you need to be. Take courage and do it. Spiritual blindness. Faith is spiritual faith. You see it before it happens. I know it hadn't happened yet, but I believe I see a helicopter landing out there. You got to see something happen before you can ever get it. When I got out of the Navy first, I went to work for Fisher Well Company on a drilling rig. I got out off the derrick one Saturday and my brother and I went to San Antonio to meet my sister. He'd been in Japan all those years, flew in and and I come back and told my mother, I said, Monday morning, I'm going back to the highway department. If they hadn't, don't harm me, I'm going back in the Navy because my, I still have a quota. They're going to send me to a compressed air school to be a board aircraft carrier. I'm going back in the Navy if they don't harm me today. I didn't know God. I was far away from God, but God knew me. You might not know God, but God knows you. When I walked up that sidewalk and walked in that building, they said, we decided we've seen you coming up the sidewalk. We decided we're going to hire you today. I want you to know God has got you on his mind all the time. I want you to know this morning God never sleeps, slumbers. He's making intercessory prayer for you. Oh, church, he's praying for you today that you might receive the great and precious and mighty promises that he has waiting for you as a gift for your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. By faith, the believer sees. By faith, the believer sees the invisible of God. You can find that in Hebrews 12 and 27. Moses saw the invisible God. You can't see the wind. Jesus said you can't see the wind. You can't tell where it comes from, and you can't tell where it's going. That means the Holy Ghost. I tell you this, the air is charged with the Holy Ghost. 
And I'm not talking about 100 tons of cooling and uh, 50 tons of cooling is cooling this building right now and these air are blowing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the presence of God is in this place today. It was in your house when you got up this morning. It's going to be in your house when you got back home. Wherever you go, He goes. Wherever you are, His presence is there. Wherever you light, the Holy Spirit is there and the angels are there with you. If the angel hadn't have been with you, where would you be today? Well, the wonderful blessings of God and what He wants us to have. By faith Moses saw, or by faith Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. He didn't fear the wrath of the king. And for Moses endured as seeing God who is invisible. Who is invisible. Forty days and forty nights on the mountain. Not eating anything. Well, listen, when you're in the presence of God, you don't get hungry. He didn't need to eat. He was, he was with God. But he cried, I want to see your glory. I've seen this. I've seen that. He carried him up to Mount Nebo and said, look over in the Canaan's land. He's seen that. But there was still a yearning inside of him. He wanted to see the glory, the manifestation of the power of God, which Peter writes about. You were supposed to receive the divine relationship with God. You're still in the flesh. You're going to be in the flesh until you leave here. I think Peggy's probably going to be here when the rapture comes because she said, I don't like nobody throwing no dirt in my face. She said, I don't like that thought. So maybe she'll be resurrected. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Sister Sandy Woodruff bought a book written by David Jeremiah about prophecy. It's all about scriptures. I told her this morning, I said, it's sort of sad to read that. Church, if we knew how close the coming of God is, our lives would change before we leave here today. And I'm not saying he's right. But I'm saying this book is right. I'm saying that we don't have as much time sometimes as we think we have. And I'm not talking about death. I'm planning on going to my grave in a good old age and full of good health. That's what the promise is doing. But there's coming the end of this world one of these days. And it looks like it may be shaping up to it. So seeing exceeding great and precious promises, we are to be divine takers of divine glory of God. I long to see Acts 4 happening in this building. This thing just shake. If it happened then, God doesn't change. He's no respect to person. As they prayed, that building began to shake because the presence of God was so strong in there. And the glory of God filled the temple, Brother Melvin, when they created the temple. The glory of God filled the temple where no earthly priest could even enter in the temple. That's what God wants. This is the temple of God. He wants the glory of the Lord, the presence of God, to enter this temple where no earthly thing can come in here and reside that meets amidst the door and say, listen, this house is my house and you can't come in here. 
I bought these people with my blood and they belong to me. The reason the devil can come back in because there's no glory in that house. There's no power, no authority in that house to meet him there, to drive him out and keep him out. God is able. The Scripture said God is able to perform what he said he would do. Paul said this, God has made us able. How many believe you're able to receive what God has for your life? You're able to get what God has for your life. You're not disabled. You're able, Paul said. And Paul said, went on to say and said, and God is able to perform what he has said. Diane brought this to my attention the other day, and she had run to Elliot to pull it up. But it's about Dutch sheets. He's got a book many years ago about intercessory prayer. And the Lord spoke to him one day and said, I want you to go to this hospital there's a woman in a coma down there. I've been down in a coma for, I think, for years, was it? For years? A long time. Said she's in a coma. I want you to go down there and pray for her. He gets up immediately and goes. He said, I want you to pray one hour a day. At least once a week, I want you to go. Is that right? He gets up and goes. It's the end of one year, him going every day once a week for one year, at the end of that one year, when he sat beside that bedside and finished his hour of praying, that woman opened her eyes and got up. <laughs> oh, God wants us to taste of the glory that he has. He was, the Bible said, Peter said, he wants you to have the divine nature that God has in our lives. I don't know how many of you have ever heard of Jack Hayford. He, he's probably a little older than I am, but he's a popular among the charismatic movement. Highly respected. When was it? In the 60s, they had the great earthquake in California when it destroyed so much. And people said that's the judgment of God on San Francisco, California because of their lifestyle. He wrote a beautiful article said, I guess God judged me and my church because he totally nearly destroyed it. He was on a plane here recently going somewhere, and God spoke to him. There was a foreigner on that plane and said, I want you to speak to him in his native language. And Jack said, I knew I didn't know his language, but said, as soon as I open my mouth, somebody will say amen. The Bible said, if you'll open your mouth, I'll fill it. Jesus said, take no thought of what you're going to say. I'll put words in your mouth. He said, as I opened my mouth, I began to speak fluently his language. said, he looked at me as I spoke to him. And I had a conversation with him in his language. And said, he marveled. said, how did you know my native language when we have never met and you never heard my language before? I want you to know God knows everything. There's not anything he don't know. Lord, glory to God. He can give you the answer in the direst times of your life. You can search here and search there and not find the answer when the answer is right there inside you. When you call on God. Oh, what a God we serve. He wants you to be able to take of his divine nature and his divine character. Jesus has given us authority. Given us authority over all unclean spirits. Everything that comes against us, he's given us this gracious, glorious authority over these things. 
Colossians 1 and 12 says this, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the life. Now, the word qualified there means he's authorized you. It won't be long when you'll be able to walk up at the door and that scanner will scan your eyeball and open that door. It's already in the process. That's the power that you have. Unless you authorized by the company. Oh, God. How many know you authorized by the highest power and authority in the world? He's already authorized you, qualified you, glory to God, enable you to enter in his presence of God and get what he has for your life. You're qualified for it. The blessings of God. It also means entitle you. You're entitled. You deserve it when you call on him. God has given us all precious promises that through them we might be partakers of divine nature of God and given it all of us, all of us, these wonderful things. Let us give diligently, the Bible said, earnestly believing that he will give all of his holy promises to us. He will give them to us and to us to fulfill all of what he's has for us. Jesus said in John 14, 23, we will come. Now, I want you to explain to me who is we. He didn't say, Brother, Sister Rhonda, he didn't say in that one scripture, I will come. He said, we will come. Could he have meant God and I will come? Could he meant God, the Holy Ghost, and I, all three of us is one, but we will come. And not only that, he could have meant the mighty host, innumerable angels will be with me. We will come. I want you to know that Satan has no authority, no power over your life when he says, we will come. We will come to your need. I can't remember. I need to write it down. I guess Brother Arnie or somebody might have to tell me how fast does light travel? How much? 186,000 miles per second. Jesus said, I am the light. <laughs> That's how fast he comes to you when you're in distress and you need he said, I am the light. Hallelujah. I am the author of everything you need. I own everything in the world. And what I own is yours. And I will send it faster than light can come to your house. Benny Moore taught us many years ago in the Sunday school class back there, who is the fastest? Quit grinning, Brother James. You're ahead of me, right? What is the fastest, Jesus or the devil? 
if light can travel that fast, the devil has to fast quicker because he's got to run to get out of his way. Right? Benny Moore taught us that. That's how powerful your God is because he is light. He moves in that fast. And the devil, when you rebuke him, he's got to run faster than light to stay out of his way because the glory of the Lord is on your side. Divine power and authority is on your side. And the devil's running and trying to get out of the way. That's why God said in the darkness, formless, lifeless, let there be light. And when light came, darkness moved back and everything began to take shape and have form. Oh, church, if we just learn to speak what God has said about us. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Mm, we will come. I don't know really what all that means, but I, Jesus said, I will never leave you in your worstest hour. Peter said, he's made you partakers. He's made you partakers of his glorious power. Of his glorious power. I read the other day where this lady got a call from her family many states away. Her mother was real sick. She knew she couldn't go. She didn't have the finances and none of that. She knew she couldn't go. But she said, Lord, I send your authority. How many of you have authority? Hallelujah. Not two places in the Bible, especially in the New Testament. You ever hear the word, I've never seen no greater faith. You only read that two times. One was of the soldier. Another was the woman that had a child that was sick. But the soldier said, do what? Jesus said, I'll come. He didn't say we would come. He said, I'll, I will come. It's one thing to have Jesus come, but just it's one thing to have we come. Amen. He comes in authority and the power. She said, Lord, you know I can't go, but I am sending your authority and your power to my mother right now. I want you to know when you come bold as a lion, the devil goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he devours as a lion, the tribe of Judah inside of you. He acts as a lion. He's not the lion, but the lion that's inside you is the tribe of Judah with a child of praise, which is ordained by God living inside you. When you stand up and speak that word, whoo, hallelujah, no longer did it come out of her mouth that hits that woman. And they called and said, Mama just got up. Oh, glory to God. I'm telling you, church, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's not about to happen. It's happening. Glory to God. He wants you to be partaker of what he has. He's not stingy. He's a liberal giver. Jesus said, all that I have is yours. He can get more. <laughs> he, he don't ever run out. 
People say, well, they ain't making no more than the land. <laughs> Jesus is. <laughs> you might be surprised what he make. Amen. So God bless you for being here today. He's made you partakers. He said you made you able. And he says he's able to do it. I'm blessed. How's that go? Sister Peggy, she knows all them old songs. She gets singing some of them way back when she was a teenager. Lord dear God, she played the accordion when she was a teenager. She taught Sunday school class when she was a teenager. Oh, God, praise God. How's that go? I am blessed. Huh? She learned that as a teenager. Every day that I live, I am blessed. Yes, I am. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. Praise God. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes he wants you to shout whenever things aren't going your wrong, right, going your way. And I know Brother Dupree, he teaches us that. Hallelujah. Have we learned as a church, as an individual, to raise a hallelujah?